0: Welcome to Silicon Valley Founder Secrets. My name is Christina Drew Weaver.
1: And my name is Mahamanyan Kamau.
0: Our guest today is Gavin Riordan. Gavin is the managing partner at Kingston Capital, one of South Africa's biggest venture capital funds. His focus is on mobile, data, and IoT across financial, insurance, and health tech. Gavin's firm Kinson Capital invests in emerging startups that have both the reach and the skill to solve real world problems. His vision is to bring to market merging technologies that has the potential to change the way we live. Gavin, welcome to the show and thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Pleasure. It's great to be here with you. It's nice to meet you in person, Gavin.
0: <laughs> Gavin, I remember a few years back we met at the Tulip Tech Conference. Why I was one of the advisors for the conference, I remember you gave a fantastic presentation on the tremendous investment and economic opportunity in Africa. To be honest, actually, that was the first time I heard uh, a pitch about Africa. I was also very impressed by your vision and how you use investment as a vehicle to solve some of the real uh, global issues. So thank you for taking
1: time to join us. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself, your family and what inspires you?
2: I love it when that question is asked. Uh, first of all, I'm about family because I actually end up talking about it too. So the fact that you asked about it gives me full permission <laughs> to talk about my family. I have a beautiful wife, uh, married for 11 years now, and we've got three young kids. My oldest is five, and I have two little, uh, two little three-year-olds. I have twins, wow. and uh, it's been a fantastic journey, incredible support from the family. I wouldn't be able to do what I do without the support from my family, and I think in terms of what inspires me, you know, I'm a big believer in a better tomorrow. And so a hope uh, for a better future inspires me for today.
0: You're very blessed. That's, <laughs> that's very nice. And um, um, also, I was wondering, you know, how is your experience of raising twins have changed the way you approach life and business?
2: You know, when we started the journey of uh, of Kingston as a venture capital firm investing in early stage tech startups, for us, it was quite a, a bold uh, move. And, uh, you know, I've always had some big plans and dreams and visions of what what I want to achieve. And I think what's interesting is you've got to have build capacity and you've got to be able to, you know, I've always, I've always enjoyed... Uh, the idea of having big families I, I, I love the idea of of just the, the the family unit large and 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 lots of kids running around and, and that type of thing and i 've always looked at it and I thought you know it's something so so special what i've what 've learned in the process is having something like twins when you don't expect it uh, it you, you suddenly have to build a whole lot more capacity within you <laughs> and from a business point of view it's it's actually been something that has been been quite special uh, it's been you 've had to enlarge your capacity capacity and realize that in with, whatever you do, you got to be very present. And in business, you got to realize what's important, max out your time, mm-hmm. because you don't have a lot of it. And with uh, with the twins, uh, you know, it's it's having twins really allowed us to, to you know, I forced me to be present with my wife. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, uh you know, I think those are good things. Uh, in business, you forces yourself to be present and to treat everything as important and to be actionable with it. And so, the capacity building has been been quite an interesting aspect for for
0: me. I'm a parent too. So after you have kids, actually, you start to the more capability to prioritize. Uh, you know, the things in life. Absolutely, alive. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. Well,
1: I would love to learn that. I don't have any kids, but I'm kind of curious to see how having more responsibility helps you to be a better prioritizer. Probably, right? Because you, yeah, you have to learn. drop something. <laughs> that is true. It's
2: just different perspective.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, are you from a big family? You just mentioned. You say you want a big family.
2: I've always had the idea of having a big family. I mean, I've, I've got I I've got two uh, two siblings. Yeah. Um uh fortunate enough my my folks are still married. Um and uh, you know, it's it's been a the family unit's been very important to me. So I've always seen other I've had it, I've had lots of friends with big families and I've always always sort of admired it. Um but I'm quite uh you know, we are done at uh, at three kids. Uh, are you sure?
1: <laughs> so one thing that I appreciate about people is what is it that drives them from within? And I read somewhere uh on your profile about your, your, your faith in Jesus Christ. And I'm curious how that orients your life and the decisions that you make with your life.
2: Yeah, I think it's very important uh, to to know who you are, what you're called to, and what your purpose is. And when it comes to um, my own personal walk and and, and and faith in Jesus Christ, he, he is um, my commander-in-chief. Uh, you know, um, there is... What I have and, and what we've been exposed to and the, and the, the, the opportunities that we see, we'll recognize that, uh, you know, he, he's the creator of everything and he orchestrates everything. And if we understand what our purpose is and we're able to walk into that and we align with something that's far bigger than just our own agenda, you realize that God can orchestrate things in ways you cannot imagine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, it's, it's been a, a, you know, very much part of my journey. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I, I love business. I I love the opportunity, uh, to, to, to solve for problems, to, uh, use investment and, and businesses, uh, to drive change and economic growth. Um, I also love the local church. Um, and, uh, you know, in terms of what God's called us to each of us have a calling and a purpose and, uh, it's part of our role to make sure we maximize it in our time. So, um, yeah, it's very, very important to me.
1: That's powerful. I, I related to that because that's been part of my personal work as well. And so I appreciate you talking about that. Usually business people don't like to share those aspects of their life that actually drive what they do. So thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing with us. Very inspiring. Um, I would like to have us to talk a little bit about Kinston Capital. But first, I was curious how you got started to become an entrepreneur.
2: <laughs> so um, I... It's just one the clock back. I um uh, I've always enjoyed business. I've always wanted to be in business. And uh when when it came to to studying at university, um I remember one of my mentors said to me, Well, if you want want to do business, the best thing you can do is become a CPA. Um and I was like, What? Are you serious? <laughs> that's what and I did. That's what you did? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and uh so so I studied that um, with a view of you know I, I want to learn as much as i can mm-hmm. about business and it was taught me some great foundational blocks mm-hmm. but there's a there's an entrepreneur in me and there's a the creative angle in me mm-hmm. which uh, which doesn't always get expressed uh in in that profession um or or you're going to you're going to correct me now i know that, i know you are <laughs> but uh just, just, let me go with my lot of, uh, yes. of of thoughts here, please and uh I, I think um, the early stages. As I've always enjoyed business, I've, I've wanted to be involved in business, and to see the opportunities around investment really, really intrigued me. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I saw the opportunity, I was uh, to, to 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 start raising, start raising money. I actually looked at the, the first time I, I was looking at money was when I was looking for my own startup, mm-hmm. um, and I was looking for, to raise money for that, and realised that I could raise money. And suddenly, realised that I could be raising money for a whole lot, lot more people than just myself, and started to actually form a fund. And um that, that that was the 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 building blocks of uh, of Kingston um back in twenty fifteen where we said real, realize let's 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 build a fund, um let's invest in businesses, let's let's grow them. And uh really it's just that passion for for me mm-hmm. of solving problems and uh investing in 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 people and, and early stage startups mm-hmm. um across the board. Um so yeah, it's been a I've I've loved the business side of things.
0: That's great. I resonate with me because I actually, I was, you know, I'm a CP as well, you know, I got my master accounting, but I love um, helping companies and I've been helping companies raise capital, um, also, you know, build business strategy. So I think we all have that, uh, you know, the power in within us that we want to help others and then help, um, you know, also it's kind of extension of our, our talent. Um you mentioned about the company you invest in helping out. Could you share with us a little bit uh, what company, what kind of company you're currently uh, investing? You know, a little bit about your portfolio company.
2: So, in our first fund, uh, we invest in businesses mostly in the fintech space. We, mm-hmm. we made investment in the health tech um, space as well. Um Really, across you know, in based in South Africa, you don't have the special you know deep dive niched areas. It's quite more of a generalist aspect. Mm-hmm. But we we we've chosen to focus around fintech, health tech, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, and really on the mobile and data aspects of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so most of our investments have been in the fintech space. Um, one of, some of the opportunities that we see around um, uh, the connecting and the SME. Uh, space, you know, financial inclusion, and from a fintech point of view, is mm. you know, fintech is 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 uh, is very important, and I think we've had a lot of fintech around payment gateways, remittances, aggregators, things like that. Mm. But I think the the, the what we're going to see more of, and what we do need to see more of, is from a financial inclusion, fintech that enables financial inclusion from alternate credit, mm. from alternate data, um, data analytics, how to actually profile uh, different lenders, uh, excuse me, different different borrowers. Looking from an SME point of view, you know one of the most outstanding, like one of the surprising things, is that less than ten percent of entrepreneurs in Africa access formal finance lenders, yeah. traditional lenders. So there's alternate credit taking shape all over um, throughout th- throughout the continent, but in very limited capacities. And the credit gap is huge. So if we can find th- these ways of tapping into that and being able to address. Um, uh, credit lending criteria, and 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 come up with new ways of actually doing it that doesn't reduce the default rate. Um, then, then that's a significant opportunity in there, and I think the the, the prospects of that, especially from an African continent, is very different to your more developed markets. Uh, the social aspect in, in in Africa is significant, so we've done a lot of investments in that. I think what we're interested in going forward um, is how do we bridge the formal and informal markets? Um, Africa is dominated by the informal market. You have literally, literally, there's there's just you know f- 55% of the market is 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 is, is in formal markets you know unregistered businesses guys setting stuff um and can you
0: define informal
2: informal markets. so yeah. um uh, you know you have your formal market we have registered businesses they're yeah. registered um businesses um uh, with with the government they pay their taxes all mm-hmm. uh, you know they from a from a formal employment point of view, they're classified as formally employed people. Mm-hmm. In the informal market, there's this great unknown. There's a, there's not a lot of data around them. Not a much um, regulation. Not a much. Re- there's no regulations because no they're not regards. registered businesses. Yeah. Um, and they're actually classified as unemployed people. Mm. Um, but they're not necessarily unemployed. They're doing work. They don't have a job. And so it's, 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 so op- economic difference.
0: activity still.
2: There's yeah. economic activity happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is so limited. You don't have the benefits, uh, that come with formal recognition. Mm-hmm. Governments lose out, uh, when, when, when those businesses aren't formally registered, mm-hmm. you don't pay taxes, there's onto, uh, you know, em- employee benefits, employee protection, labor laws, mm-hmm. all those type of things, uh, go out the window, um, But there's a huge amount of economic spend that happens in that space Mm -hmm. and there isn't a lot of data for it. And by tapping in and and accessing that data, you are able to wide open those doors of opportunity to invest, to um, provide economic stimulus into that environment and to really start to see things shift and change um, for for a huge amount of that population.
0: I can imagine must be also very important for the decision makers for the you know, for the country to know, get the data you have and to make economic decisions yes, and <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. policies.
2: I, I think I just wanted to point out, you know, the 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 opportunity to invest and and, 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 and play a role in this space mm-hmm. is um there's a lot of opportunity from an economic and commercial aspect. Mm. You know, uh, yes, we want to uh, we want to drive influence and impact, um, but not at the expense of. Uh, well, maybe I should not have said that on here. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's honest
1: though. I'm a VC. We're
2: yeah. the yes. We after returns. We got to drive returns back to our LPs, mm-hmm. um, and so we're not sacrificing on that. But there's a there's a there really is an immense opportunity yeah. to invest in the continent and opportunities that we're seeing that emerge, you know, not just for the continent. We, we have a great skill set mm-hmm. that can play back into the US markets. And mm-hmm. so within our portfolio and startups that we, we're looking at the moment, investing in some really great opportunities that, you know, they don't belong in Africa. They started there, but they belong back in the US. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for us, it's about, about, about linking those things up and seeing those opportunities because that's, that's where they should be playing
1: it's clear to me that there's a huge opportunity that is still not fully tapped in Africa. What are some of the things that inspire you to continue to inspire in African uh, startups? Because you could just as well be doing this in Silicon Valley, I imagine.
2: Yes, I think um, there, there are incredible opportunities. Uh, South Africa is, is quite an isolated country. Mm. Depart from being at the bottom of Africa. (laughs) It is probably one of the most beautiful countries in the world. Mm. And there are some, you know, wonderful places to go and visit, uh, really. So I encourage anyone (laughs) that is listening, um, I encourage you to to visit South Africa. We've got some amazing uh, holiday destinations there. But what happens from a tech point of view is, is you're isolated um, but we've got some really good skill sets there. We've got we've got we've got one of the strongest infrastructures across Africa, mm-hmm. most, the most advanced economy in Africa. We've got four of the top five universities in Africa, based in South Africa. Mm-hmm. We've got infrastructure that is first class, first world, and you have skill sets that can compete back in developed markets, mm-hmm. but also skill sets that are providing solutions for in the African continent. Mm-hmm. And I think what's interesting is. Africa from an investment point of view and Africa from a growth point of view is 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 the is an untapped market when you are in Africa you are able to see the problems and hence provide solutions that other people looking in do not see because they don't have context mm. so even if you're sitting in silicon valley uh, you and, and, you've, and you've got this great idea, you don't have context, you don't have feet on the ground, you don't see the same problems that other people on the ground see. So we we believe that we have a, a good pool of, of, of top talent in South Africa that can develop solutions, that can scale across Africa. But because we're on the ground, mm-hmm. we're able to execute on that and solve for those problems. And for us, this is about... Um, networking and connecting into Silicon Valley, into the Bay Area, um, widening and reducing uh, widening the, 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 the access to networks and reducing the barriers for investors and for engineers and for founders to work together um, and addressing some of these issues. So um, for us, it's about bridging the gap between the U.S. market
1: um, and the African market. That's powerful. <laughs> Talking about that, I believe you are here with some of your startups for uh, some type of boot camp, right? Could you tell us a little bit about it and uh, what you hope to accomplish?
2: Uh, this has been a great uh, um, two weeks for us here. I, I've 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 visited uh, the Bay Area a number of times over the last two years, mm-hmm. and um, really, this for me was. A strategy and vision for what we wanted to create and spending some time in the Bay Area, walking uh, through, you know, San Francisco, you, you get a sense of what you, what, what you can do here. And there's a mm-hmm. sense of. Yeah, I can achieve this. I can I can conquer this. And I wanted our startups to start to get a sense of that. I wanted them to to, to realize that the products that they're developing, the businesses that they are forming are businesses that can compete at a global level. Mm-hmm. But to do that, you gotta be here. You gotta feel that. You've got to feel that that culture, that energy. Mm-hmm. And so we began the process. Of putting together, I've uh, started putting a team together and and really start building out our network and access into 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 Silicon Valley. And so we put a two week program together. We have some great guys who have helped us. Uh, you know, Paul Kalnis, um, Brett Jochem. Uh, we've had some fantastic individuals that have pulled together and have just helped network and widen. Uh, our base in here. The guys have come away from a tremendous time of two weeks' intense training. They have had uh, over those two weeks between 15 and 20 different advisors that have popped in, mm-hmm. that have spoken on different topics from yeah, startup culture, startup corporate law, yeah, scaling. Uh, you know key metrics to look out for. We've had some great input into in, into this time, and every single week, it was every single day they've been here. They've been refining their pitch, and they've been taking learnings and reshifting their thinking and their and their mindset. It could be, because that's what's important. I mentioned to you, you know, South Africa is very isolated, and mm. one of the things we drilled into these guys is you got to think, you got to think more ambitiously about these things. You have got to think global, um, and that's what they've 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 come here for. And we actually uh, culminated in a. Uh, a an investor pitch uh, yesterday, and in another two weeks, uh, Morrison Forster kindly hosted us <laughs> in in uh, in San Francisco, um, and we had a great a great time. I was blown away just to see their progress. Uh, we had a, a very interesting panel of of investors and judges that participated. Great input. The feedback was fantastic. And for for me, I was so proud to see these guys and their journey that's come through here. All of this to say that as part of our strategy, we've looked to identify high growth tech opportunities in South Africa that can scale both globally and in Africa. And we are trying to fast track their 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 startup through to series A. And so we've identified these, we've we've filtered it down and these are the guys we brought across and we are interested in saying like these are the ones we're interested in investing, but let's widen our network and access into the Bay Area. What are other investors saying? Mm-hmm. What are investors saying about these guys mm-hmm. And how are we going to do that And r- really it's been interesting We've had investors really reach out to some of these guys And it's been really interesting And you know what, you got to be here you got to feel it, you got to taste it mm-hmm. And um, I'm very excited It's been a wonderful two
0: weeks I'm very excited and actually uh, we'll be honored To have some of uh, startups from the bootcamp Join us today and then you know Share with us about their experience So I'm eager to hear from them About what they have learned uh, you mentioned about, you know, helping some of the company raise the next round, serious A. And uh, I was just wondering, as an investor, what are the key criteria you're looking for when you invest a company?
2: You know, it's key things that investors look for in the early stage investment space uh, for venture. Uh, They've they, they got to be a, a team that is solving for a real credible problem that can scale um, across across markets. It's got to be a repeatable business models. Um, it's it's got to be a team that believes in their mission uh, to solve for a problem that's truly unique. So how are unique in their problem and why are they, con- why are they convinced and how, how are we convinced that they are the best to go after that problem? So technical capability, very, very important. And at this early stage of investing, um, yes, it must be a, 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 a an idea um, or a product that is solving for a very real problem. There is value to it. Someone's prepared to pay for it. Um, and what's important for us in this early stage is the founder market fit. How 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 are these founders um, going to mature along this route? How teachable are they? How how amenable are they to input? Um, because from an investment point of view and the role that we've taken. We're not passive investors. You know, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be bringing them across to Silicon Valley if we were passive investors. And so for us, it's about that chemistry for us to work with these guys, for us to, you know, mentor and train and open up network and access. We, we we're doing this work. We want to know that they're working. Harder than us, uh, mm. you know, in terms of improving themselves, and we want to open up our access and our networks. Mm. Um, but they need to rise to the occasion, and and I've I've been I've, yeah, it's been wonderful to see how they have done so over these last two weeks.
0: What it, What do you think is the future of VC in South Africa and in Africa as a whole?
2: Yeah, we we're just at the start. Mm. I mean, that's that's the reality. There, there hasn't exciting, been yeah. there hasn't been much venture capital, mm-hmm. uh, at, at all. Uh, and and we at the very very early stages. So when you just look at the stats around venture um, and amounts invested uh, globally last year, um, you know South Africa, um, you know there isn't even standard reporting from investment from an investment point of view in Africa. There are different reports that quote different amounts, but if if we look at the general consensus is that is that Africa raised just over a billion dollars last year. Mm-hmm. Now now that that as a percentage of two hundred and fifty three odd billion uh, that was that very, was very raised small. globally <laughs> yeah. it doesn't even feature yeah. yeah. So we're at the very, very early stages. I think we're starting to see some investors that are coming to the table eager to learn the best practices for for venture capital Mm -hmm. uh, globally. And it's about VCs that can align themselves with best practice that can position themselves for investors and LPs that are interested in playing into the space. I mean, there are increasingly more and more LPs with a mandate and a preference to invest into Africa. Mm-hmm. But it's about the appropriate fund managers understanding mm-hmm. how to do venture in the best possible way mm-hmm. um, and how to then connect into the global ecosystem because you, you have to play at the global level. You cannot be isolated. Mm-hmm. So it really is at a very early stage. I think I think that um, when you look at some of the data points around the number of deals, the, 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 the quantum being invested, some interesting stats coming out is that um, Africa is where Southeast Asia was five years ago. Mm. And you look where Southeast Asia is now, you, you know, you're talking about nine billion, I think it was last year, about nine billion that was raised <laughs> in Southeast Asia, you realize there's a massive growth trajectory that is coming. The question is, are we prepared for that? Mm. And there are there are waves of of investors and more investment. Um Coming to Africa, so it is encouraging. It's an emerging asset class. And I, I think it's going to be a very interesting space to play and one that we obviously position ourselves to, to be in the front end.
1: It looks like you're part of a, a movement that's going to get bigger and bigger. What I'm curious, if I were a VC coming from Silicon Valley, what would you tell me in terms of what to look for in, in terms of investing in an African company or some other companies in South Africa, for example?
2: Well, I think as a Silicon Valley-based VC, they all operate according to their mandates. Where, where do they need to invest? And I think that there are two different options for investing. There are some startups that are African-based that are actually should be competing in the global markets and back into the US market. And so investors are always going to play to their strengths, right, in terms of what value add they can actually provide. So it's not just about capital. It's about networks. It's about opening these things up. I would look at uh, other VC investors and say, you know, you, you, you need a, a VC. If you want to access into the African market, you, you need a VC on the ground, a fund manager on the ground that is able to um, work together with the locals, that is able to um, participate uh, at, at that state. And so those networks and connections are key. And, and we recognize that. And, mm-hmm. and, and other VCs have spoken to us about that. So. That is important. Um, and to to you know, to invest um together on 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 these things and open up opportunities. I I would speak to VCs here and say that there are significant opportunities. Let's talk, let's open up the doors. There are massive economic growth opportunities. Um and Africa is a vast unknown. It's it's more about perceived risk than actual risk. Mm -hmm. And uh so so that's part of the work that we're looking at doing. I wouldn't be bringing startups across here if we didn't believe in, in the opportunity that we see. And I wouldn't be bringing startups across here if they weren't ready to come across here. So there really is, there is opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it's about not missing out on it for for investors um, in, in, in Silicon Valley.
0: Yeah, I remember uh, last year you were talking about some of the European uh, VCs, you know, starting to invest. I think Germany, you said it invests like a billion dollar, if I don't if I remember the numbers correctly. That, that's correct. They start to invest in Africa, and then even you're talking to some of the potential LPs in the US, they're also interested. So it seems there's you know, more and more uh, interest we, to be investing. We're
2: convinced, no doubt. What we're seeing is more and more money is interested in, mm-hmm. in, in, in coming into Africa. Mm-hmm. The When you look at the, the population of Africa, 1.2 billion people mm-hmm. across 54 different countries, um, and how many... Are actually online and coming online and what the mobile penetration is like. It, it is absolutely phenomenal when you look at the growth and the trajectory ahead mm-hmm. to not be involved in Africa is a huge missed opportunity. You got the average age across the continent. You're talking like 19 years of age mm-hmm. is the wow. average age. Wow. You compare them to the US where you're talking about, the, you know, well, I should be using the word median age, right? But to be honest, the medium age in in, in the US is about thirty eight, thirty nine years. Mm-hmm. Now, when you when you start targeting in, in that, and you realise the 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 spending power that's to come, mm-hmm. and the drive around social, it is significant, and um, the, the 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 demographic population is important uh, across across the continent, and it really is, uh, you know. You got markets in Africa growing at six, seven, eight percent, um, per annum on 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 GDP. So there really is stuff booming in Africa, and it's about not missing out.
1: That, as somebody who comes from Ghana and an African, I'm very biased. So thank you for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say that. that's getting that, all of us excited that is now. <laughs> definitely in my wheelhouse, and I'm very glad to hear that.
0: Yeah, the Silicon Valley Founders Secrets podcast, we would like to connect leaders as a whole. Sometimes means we'll ask some of the uncomfortable questions. Uh, we're curious about failures. Um, For you, what are the mistakes you have made during your journey as an entrepreneur, as an investor, and what do you learn from it?
2: So let's just, you know, I'm going to keep it in line with, on the investment side of things, Um, you know, you uh uh, one of those fascinating things that you know you hear the the, the VC uh seniors maybe uh, in the bay area you talk about and uh really respect all the guys in VC here one of the things that they talk about is you you know you really only lose money once mm.
0: uh,
2: but you can make it up again and again and again and um there's 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 those learnings and the difficulties i remember one investment we um uh we made um uh, it's about the, the due diligence process and dealing with founders, very, very key and critical. And uh, there was, you know, the, there's before the transaction and after the transaction. Mm. And, uh, you know, everyone shows their best foot forward before the transaction. And there was a shift that happened pretty much immediately <laughs> after we, we, uh, we, we, we concluded the transaction. And um, we, we just could not, there was just fundamental shifts uh, with, uh, with this particular CEO and uh bottom line is, is is we weren't prepared to put up with it and uh so we we exited uh, very shortly after um but uh but 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 pleased to say that we recovered all our money uh in the in 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 the process i think as difficult a journey that as that was for us um it was one of those things where uh, you know, we 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 escaped relatively unscathed at, at 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 that time, and but it's the people dynamic, right? It's the it's having to go through those the, those the, those those processes and and refining your due diligence uh, aspect, and and so so the key learnings, you know, and not being able to choose the right founders, um, you know, is is asking the questions and refining the process around how do we choose the right founders? How do we ensure? That when we invest, um, you know, these are the guys that we prepare to back, and 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 it's real. And you, you take that risk, you know, um, you take that risk as a, as a VC. Yeah. Um, so there was there was there was a difficult moment in in the early journey of our fund. You know, we were, we were, um, it, it was really in the beginning of our fund. And so you take those 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 hits fairly hard in the beginning. Yeah. Right now, I think you kind of you know I've learned to develop a, a far thicker skin uh, <laughs> about that process. So.
1: I, I reasoned with that in many ways, and I can tell that's something that uh, as you continue to invest, you're going to get better and better at. As an exit question, I would like you to envision this. Today is February 2- 1st, 2025, five years from today. All your big dreams have come true, and a dinner has been held in your honor to celebrate. Let's say that Christina is the MC at this dinner. <laughs> You've been asked to give a short talk what accomplishments will you be celebrated?
2: Well, a dinner for me, that's fantastic. I look (laughs) forward to that. Um, You know, when we fast forward, some of the things that we want to, what we've kind of set our sights on um, is, is, uh, we want to be able to have raised and unlocked uh, a billion dollars for investment uh, into Africa within the next five years. Mm -hmm. Um, And, we, we want to fundamentally shift the venture ecosystem uh, in that space. And there's a lot to do. It's an emerging market. Um, They're the, the, the relatively unsophisticated investors that are currently playing into that space. So how do we begin to do something of that? How do we begin to do, invest in investors? How do we begin to train other investors? How are we going to build out that VC ecosystem um, that that can then really, really play at a, a in, in, in the global ecosystem and be that springboard for venture into Africa? Um, you know, in terms of our portfolio companies, uh, and, and investing, uh, there's, there's, there's three unicorns that I want, uh, out of that. Um, and, and we got to fast track through the process. We've, 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 we've got to build on that. Um, but it's not just about having unicorns. We want to be able to Provide some exits. We want to re- return funds to our LPs because, as as a VC, that's how we that's measure. That's what you do. <laughs> We're not measured on the on on the unicorn status. We measure on funds returned, mm-hmm. and uh, so we've got some exciting things uh, planned. and And, and looking four to five years, that's 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 what I'd be looking to celebrate.
0: Maybe go to the Nasdaq or New York Stock Exchange to
2: there ring the bell.
1: <laughs> well, th- thank you so much for your time today. It's been very fascinating and insightful, and. Uh, we wish you all the best, and hopefully in five years when we talk, all these things would have come true. <laughs> thank you very
0: much. Yeah, we would like to invite you on the show.
2: Well, have you not, yeah. not waiting for five years? <laughs> <laughs> come back yes, next no. time. <laughs> Definitely.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much.